If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about social media and how that could affect you. Some people like to monetize themselves on social media, and then there's a lot of laws around that. So joining me today is Desiree Talley. She is an attorney and culture commentator. So welcome to the show, Desiree. Thank you so much for having me. I do want to jump in because this year in our state legislature in Utah, there were a ton of laws that they were trying to pass surrounding social media, especially directed at children. So in my mind, social media has been sort of floating between free speech and defamation, depending on, you know, who's putting stuff out there. And yet there hasn't been a lot of consequences for social media. So where do where do they stand in the legal system? Yeah, social media is definitely a platform or platforms that has a mind of its own that's constantly changing. So you may have laws that work and then have to constantly revise them. There are federal laws and state laws that apply to social media. And so typically social media, if you're doing anything uh, for paid advertisements or promoting a brand, that's governed by the Federal Trade Commission. So they have pretty much standard rules and regulations. But as you said, social media changing your state is also putting up protections for children. I, I think it's important with the influence that social media has and trying to make sure that they aren't too influenced and be their own individual selves. So if I am a podcaster or have a, I have a lot of people on Instagram or something, I don't have any advertisers, I don't have a sponsor, can I just put whatever I want up there on Instagram, hate, racist stuff, and, and not have any consequences? Well, there are terms and conditions that you don't read when you sign these social, sign up for these social media platforms. So they typically ban hate speech and, you know, any type of racist remark, defamation type of uh, activity or any fraudulent claims. And so what social media platforms have been doing is taking down and banning those accounts if it becomes abusive and you're violating their terms and conditions. But, you know, typically these laws vary state to state. And if it's a federal issue, then you are violating federal laws and then there will be larger consequences. So I think that would fall into if I did have a sponsor and, you know, I had hundreds of thousands, even millions of followers. And so I had advertisers just clamoring. Yeah, we'll pay you to pimp our stuff. And then I start in on hate or something like that. Then the advertisers could pull their support for me. And now I'm losing money that way. Absolutely. Advertisers definitely monitor what you post. And some of those agreements, it your social media interactions expand beyond that promotional campaign that you may be doing. They'll look at uh, posts that you have done prior and posts after. So you definitely want to be mindful of the type of things that you are posting because you can get into trouble, whether it is criminal trouble, uh, you can get in trouble with different laws you're violating. One example that I'm uh, thinking about is when Kim Kardashian and a bunch of other folks on social media who are celebrities 
got in trouble for promoting crypto. And they got in trouble for these crypto posts because the company, well, allegedly the company was not a legit company and it was false advertising to lay person like us who are on social media and opted in to become a part of this alleged fake crypto company. So because these celebrities promoted it on their social media, the government states cracked down on them and they had to pay enormous fines. Is trying to figure out what people post on social media or even what platforms themselves decide, we'll let that one slide. It feels to me much like porn was back in the mid to late 80s where everybody knew what porn was, but the lawmakers couldn't tell you that that was porn or not? I mean, is that kind of where we are in the social media venue? I believe so, because I don't think there's one cut rule that applies to all social media users. You have the example, again, of some of your biggest stars who may be able to post semi-nude or close to nude photos, but you have another person who posts what is equivalent to the same photo and their social media may be taken down. So the rules vary definitely on who you are and what you post. And that doesn't mean that it's right, but that the answer is there's no one way to use social media. I don't know if you saw, it came out today in the news that Elon Musk, his latest thing is he wants to try to create his own AI platform. And it sounds like he would not have any of those rules that, that the standard social media platforms that we know of have. Uh, that's a little bit dangerous. When he took over Twitter, you know, he allowed some hateful words to come out, particularly the N-word, and that trended all day for a couple of days. Previously, you could not use that word on Twitter, but once he lifted certain guidelines, people went crazy. So, you know, Elon is an interesting character. We'll just have to wait and see, and I believe the government will step in. We want to promote unity and not hate. Yeah, I I don't understand. We can't understand crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Agree. (laughs) All right. So what are some other areas of social media that perhaps either as a user, well, I guess that's where most of us are at. We're users of the platform. What are some legal issues we could encounter if we are trying to make a buck, becoming an influencer? One of the biggest areas where people fall uh, into trouble is defamation, as you mentioned earlier. Whether it's on a social media platform or a blog, uh, people are just trying to go viral and they think that they can say and post what they want, but they cannot. So one of the greatest examples of that is Cardi B suing a blogger and who posted defamatory messaging about her and told stories about Cardi B on social media and on her blog. And Cardi B, I believe, won a $3 million lawsuit against this blogger for the type of post and things that she was saying about her on social media and her blog. So it can be dangerous. You know, celebrities in general, sometimes people treat them as they are not human, but they are fighting back. So you have to be careful about just wanting to go viral for likes when it it can harm you in the end, especially your pockets. (laughs) Yeah, 
Definitely. Okay, we need to take a break, but we'll be right back with Desiree Talley. She is an attorney and culture commentator, and you also have a podcast, and we'll get into that later as well. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it, and we're talking about social media because that's the way a lot of people are making money these days. I'm shocked. I just see so many people, hey, I got to quit my job, or now they're just part-time at a job because they're making so much money from social media. And I'm like, can I just get 10 listeners on my podcast? Like, (laughs) like. (laughs) how do people go about that? And I mean, I'm guessing once you get to a certain spot, you have to have attorneys involved and accountants and all of that to take care of such a big storm kind of happening at you and around you and trying to guide it all. Yes. Monetizing social media, it really is a full-time job. I work with a lot of influencers and creators and just some of the deliverables that are required for them and the editing that is all on their page does take a lot of work. And you have to keep that constant social engagement, multiple posts and stories and replying to comments. So they do get paid. uh, Some of them get paid quite a lot for their posts on social media, but it is, it is a full time job. I don't know if it's something that I'm cut up to do, but uh, (laughs) it's a lot of work. I know I, my job, part of my podcasting is included in my job with KSL News Radio. And they only give me like an hour and a half a day, possibly. And I'm like, I need five minimum. I'm like, and they're like, you can't go into overtime. (laughs) So yeah, it's difficult. But this isn't my wheelhouse. Again, a lot of the whole social media thing, I just don't have time to work on it all. So I don't know what the culture is out there specifically with social media. But I would think for myself, uh, being a person who is white, is it easier for me to navigate or, you know, do people of color need different type of protections? How does that work? I don't think race plays a part into how you navigate social media. It definitely plays a part in how much money you're making. A great example is the TikTok influencers. So there will be viral videos of these TikTok dances who are created by black TikTok stars and they don't make a lot of money on it. But a white TikTok star can do the same dance that was not created by them and make lots more money. So we saw uh, black TikTokers standing up for themselves and they did a complete, uh, I believe it was called TikTok blackout where all the black TikTok creators did not post for, I believe, a day or two. And there was not that much activity on social, uh, the TikTok platform. And so uh, it definitely plays a part uh, when it comes to legal agreements. There's not something that you can necessarily do to prevent that from happening. But maintaining your IP and what you post is strictly important. So When you are, let's say, creating a dance, yes, it's fine to go viral, but you can register that in a copyright office if it's unique. And so anytime somebody does that dance that you created for TikTok, you can get paid or prevent them from doing it because you registered it and it is yours. So my spastic dance, (laughs) I could register that? (laughs) 
maybe there's a, you know a couple of elements that were you know that you have to meet in order to register a dance but if no one's seen it possibly and then it it trends and different companies and shows want you to come on and perform this viral trend this dance that you do you can't get continuous payments for it okay so which comes first uh well i'm guessing me creating the dance comes first but do I go, oh my gosh, okay, I think I have something nobody's seen before. Do I rush to a copyright office first before I post it? Or does it have to go viral first and then I get a copyright? You can do it a couple of ways. So you are automatically given a inherent copyright anytime you record something in a tangible medium. So if you're doing that dance at home, you record it on your phone. It being saved in your phone is a tangible medium. So you automatically have a copyright. And that goes for uh, books, recording of your podcast. You automatically have a copyright. Now, the important part where you want to get paid on it and prevent other people from using it without your permission is registering it in the copyright office. And now with the law, you have to have it registered with the copyright office in order to sue anyone. So with these viral TikTok trends, that person who created the original dance, if they recorded it, they automatically own it. They can register it later if they want, but if they want to monetize it and prevent other people from using it, they will have to have that registration first before they try to take uh, any lawsuits against people. And is that something you help people with? What type of law in social media do you specifically deal with? There are uh, niche attorneys who specialize in all social media. I consider myself a generalist entertainment attorney, so I do register copyrights and trademarks. My main practice is in the uh, entertainment transactional agreement, so anywhere from production, talent agreements, and some music agreements. That's what my day-to-day job is. Okay, so I'm coming to you when I get my spastic dance all worked out. <laughs> I go to try to register that. All right, I want to go back to you had mentioned that for black artists who who are doing a dance, they get paid far less. Is that, I don't want to call it industry standard. I just, what are we calling that? And how do you fix that so that there's equal pay? I think it's systematic and whether it's TikTok or even in the workplace, we black people tend to get paid less than their counterparts. If you have a dollar, uh, black women get 53 cents to that dollar. Black men get 57 percent. White women get 95 percent of that dollar, 95 cents to that dollar. And then the list goes on. So historically, black people have been underpaid and what my effort to do is the protection of black art uh, to educate black people and to advance the culture and ownership is through my podcast pop law i want these artists who do not have access to an attorney to be able to learn the law through a culturally relevant event a celebrity lawsuit whatever it is, to make it more entertaining because, you know, people get scared of the law. It's boring. But if I can teach people for free through the podcast how to protect their art and creativity, then that is something that is very rewarding for me to do. And that'll help these TikTok stars and anyone else. 
No, I love that because that's what I'm also trying to accomplish with Money Making Sense. It's intimidating. People who haven't been raised with how to deal with money, how it works, they get into debt because they just don't understand. It's the same thing. I, for free, want to help people understand how to better navigate the financial world and not make it seem like, oh my God, my eyes are glazing over if you start talking about finance. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, I do want to go more into your podcast, Pop Law. You can also tell us what you've got coming up on that. So we'll be right back with Desiree Talley. She is an attorney and culture commentator. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about social media, not so much how you make the money, but maybe how you can protect your money because you need to copyright, apparently. Uh, Joining me today is Desiree Talley. She is an attorney and culture commentator, and you also have your own podcast called Pop Law. So you mentioned that briefly in the last segment, talking about you want to help people navigate the social media realm and making money. So what type of questions do people have? What are they asking on your podcast? So Pop Law is a pop culture and entertainment podcast, hence Pop Law, to educate listeners on uh, the legal significance of their deals. So on Pop Law, I talk about anything from how to use social media with hashtags, with ads you need to post if you are doing brand collaborations. And typically influencers may come to me for that so they can make sure they aren't getting hit with strikes on their Instagram account or FTC complaints because they aren't following the rules for paid programming, paid advertising. We also talk about copyright and trademark. So it can be copyrights of music, copyrights of a book, copyrights of a film, scripts, because I work a lot in production. People come to me for that. And then trademarking, your business name, any uh, phrases, any quotes, I do that for the trademarking and give people examples of that as well. Okay. I just pulled up. We have a social media influencer here in Utah. Do you talk to your clients about maybe how they should act in their personal life or do you only deal with what's happening on whatever social media they're on? Because she was just arrested for abuse. It was a woman and she like got into a big fight and was arrested and hauled out. And I think she's still in jail right now. I was just going through the articles. But yeah, that was kind of big here. And it happened just about 10 miles from where I live. Yeah. So personal life is important, whether it is social media or anything else, but particularly social media and these influence when they are doing brand campaigns. So one provision that is always in the agreements for social media influencers is their behavior their morals, how they perform outside of this campaign or business with the company. And sometimes the provision may say, if you are arrested, then we can drop you. We don't owe you any more money. Some people try to push back on that on the talent side and say, well, not if I'm arrested, if I'm convicted. So that's just a negotiation tactic. But there typically is a morals clause in these agreements that dictate how you can act outside of this brand campaign. If I'm a rebel rouser 
and I'm trying to earn my money on social media, I may have to think twice about things that I do, or even if this is a realm I want to go into. Yeah. And it really depends on how good of an attorney you have and negotiate. Because if I have a criminal record beforehand and I'm known for getting in trouble and a brand wants me to be in their campaign, I would reject that morals clause because you knew who I was before you wanted me to be a part of this campaign. So you can't tell me if I get arrested again that I'm bad for business, I'm bad for the brand. I have always been that same person. And you knew about that because this that's public record, these arrests, the behavior before I signed up with you. How do you steer your people? If I come to you with like all this baggage, how do you help me to monetize and start signing contracts for with social media? I think it takes knowing the person, willing to fight for them, having a personal relationship as opposed to solely transactional. So when I represent clients directly, I like to get to know them. I tell them my working style. They tell me what their goal is. And if I can help them meet and achieve that, then we can work together. But they have to be willing to listen and learn if I'm taking them on as a client. Okay. And what do you have coming up for Pop Law in the near future? I know you were here in Salt Lake recently for the All-Star NBA game. Did you get any NBA people on your podcast? Absolutely. We have the former two-time NBA All-Star champion, Baron Davis, who will be on the podcast. This episode is coming out very soon. And so we talk about building Black Wealth and how he is using his platform to help athletes generate wealth outside of playing basketball. Once their career is over, we had a uh, Ashley Bell on the podcast who is a purchaser, a part of a collective. They just purchased a bank in Utah. It's a white owned bank and they're turning it into a black owned bank. So that is probably making ways if it has not yet in the Utah press and streets. And then, Adam Blackstone, he is a musical director. He was the musical director for your, the Super Bowl halftime performances and also the musical director for the NBA All-Star Game uh, halftime show when I was there. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Desiree Talley. Again, you are an attorney and a culture commentator, but you have your own podcast, Pop Law. And I hope everybody will go over to your channel and take a listen, especially if you're a social media person and you're trying to become an influencer or just earn money that way. I think you're going to learn a lot <laughs> from, from Desiree. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.